Good morning. I'm Emily Reese, and Jill Mott is here this morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm glad to have you here. So what do we have on the table, so to speak? Well, um, if, if Minnesotans, if I were to pull all of you and say, raise your hand if you're going to have a light, refreshing holiday series of meals, everybody's going to be at 10 and 2 with yeah. their hands on the wheel, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and so I wanted to talk about um, wines that I think would go really well with a lot of heavy fare in the next couple of weeks. And um, California is a place that we don't really think of for refreshing wines. Um, in the 90s and the early 2000s, wines became incredibly oaked in California. Not all wines, but we, we know like richer wines, some um, of the, the hipster sommelier movement will say Chateau two by fours. <laughs> and uh, they were so oaked. And, um, but there's a movement now, it's been happening since the early part of this decade. Uh, a lot of producers are coming out with some f old favorites like Pinot Noir, but some grapes that not a lot of people have tasted here in the United States, um, grown in the U.S., I should say, but lighter, really refreshing. Um, think of fried chicken. You, you don't dip it in olive oil, right? You dip it in a, a, you know, a honey mustard or a spicy sauce. So wines, um, especially this time of year when you're eating a lot of rich foods, should be that honey mustard or that refreshing agent as you're making your way through a meal. Um, so a few producers to seek out this holiday. Uh, there's a producer out of Sonoma and Carneros called Scribe Winery. And man, they make some really great comforting wines, like their Pinot Noirs are just exceptional, but they also make uh, a Pinot Noir in a Nouveau style. So think of Beaujolais Nouveau. It's really, really light, it's bright, it's refreshing. Um, you can see the color in the clear bottle and it's, that's a really cool option. There's another uh, female winemaker, her name is Faith Armstrong and she has an, an outfit called Onward Wines and she's making beautiful pet nets. I talked about pet nets um, a week or two weeks ago. Uh, sparkling wines coming out of the Redwood Valley from Malvasia. She's got a Carignan, usually a grape that's big and boisterous and in blends and kind of coarse and hers is just lovely, so textured. Um, and last but not least, a producer called Brock Sellers. Um, Chris Brockway has an urban winery in Berkeley and he sources fruit from all over California. And I helped him get his wines uh, into Minneapolis and St. Paul about five, five years ago or so um, because he basically started this natural kind of newer California movement of fun wines, refreshing wines, sometimes cerebral wines, but um, those that are made with a little less sulfur added, um, only indigenous yeast to spur the first ferment and really just exceptional wines. Good, good. So of those that you mentioned, which do you personally like the most? Oh man, I mean- That's kind of not a fair question, but I'm asking it's it It's so anyway. not a fair question, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I like unfair questions, it makes me think. Um, so if you were to gift me a bottle right now, or a, a, you know, there's the Onward producer, Faith, I think is doing some really uh, unexpected things. Uh, plus, you know, it's pretty early in her sparkling wine. I could probably <laughs> taste that right now. Um, she also makes canned sparkling wine. And can in a can in a can okay and uh, without any hardly any sulfur added to that and you can't believe it's that good quality <laughs> and it's in a can and a can you you know you may go to your local wine shop and see a can of wine for fifteen dollars or nine dollars and go wow that's that's an expensive can a can of of uh, wine is actually a half a bottle 
So wow. It may not look like much, but you're actually getting like two full glasses for your $9 or $13 mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. whatnot. Excellent. Well, gift ideas for Jill Mott, everyone. We now know. <laughs> Cans of sparkling wine, yeah. people. <laughs> so what are we going to hear about next? We are going to talk about the wines of the Jura and the Savoie in eastern France. Excellent. All right. Jill Mott here every two weeks to talk to us about wine and spirits here on Jazz 88. I've got Jill Mott here to talk to us about uh, the eastern area of France. Yeah, Yeah, there's some really cool wines um, coming out of a region that, granted, we don't have alpine mountains. (laughs) And uh, the Jura doesn't experience negative 30 degrees in wind chill. (laughs) But we do have um, quite cold winters. And as a result, um, both with continental climates, we have a richer fare, especially this time of year. And so wines from the Jura and the Savoie, um, both kind of nestled into the eastern, slightly northern part of France, um, are perfectly built for wine, or for foods that are a, a little on the richer side, a little bit more laden with fat. This is like fondue country in the Savoie. Um, mm. So let's start with the Jura. Um, Jura has some favorite grapes that may not be um, too nerve-wracking to try for folks. Like they, they do grow Pinot Noir and they do grow Chardonnay. But if you venture into the world of the Jura, ask your you know local local wine shop buyer, and you'll find really cool grapes. Like there's a, a lighter red grape called Pulsard or Plusard, depending on what village it's grown. And it tastes like Pinot Noir that's had just a little like steroids. It's just a little plumper <laughs> um, and, but, and has some more chiseled edges, but is a really fun wine. Um, and they also have a really cool style of wine that sort of resembles sherry. It's a little bit um, higher end for for people that are wanting to splurge, but that is kind of the star-studded wine of the Jura called Van Jean and goes with anything from steak to harder cheese courses, um, soups and fondues. It's really just incredible. And then going down to the Savoie, um, Savoie has a similar climate uh, than the Jura, and they have a really fun little grape called Jacquère, uh, which Jacquère... Anybody that likes unoaked Chardonnay, if you like Pinot Grigio, you're going to love Jacquere. They tend to not be too expensive, and they're just really bright and jovial, and they mimic aromas of, like, spring meadow, and they're just stone fruit, beautiful. Um, And they also have some red grapes, too, like they grow Gamay and they grow Pinot Noir, um, grapes that um, may be a little bit easier for for people to, to go and find and purchase. Um, one of my favorite grapes from that area is a, is a grape called Mondouze. And Mondouze is a little bit deeper, a little more sinister than, say, a Gamay, um, but has all of the refreshing factors that you'd want in a red wine that you're going to pair with rich rich dishes. You've said a term a couple of times now. I'm sure uh, there are people that know exactly what you're talking about but you keep saying oaked or unoaked can you explain that of course of course so wines as they're fermented and aged um, they can be reared in myriad vessels so stainless steel is obviously non-reactive if you put water in a pot of stainless steel it tastes like water with stainless steel doesn't react with it and give it a flavor Mm -hmm. Um, oak can give a lot of flavor if it's brand new um, so if you put water in a brand new oak barrel and then you taste, take it out and taste your water, it's going to taste oaky. <laughs> if you put your water in a used oak barrel that's been, you know, it's already been seasoned with water and seasoned with wine um, for several years, 
you're, you, it may have an essence of oak, but it's not going to be an oaky wine, an oak-driven wine. Okay. And sometimes people can really like that oak flavor. Um, it can be beautiful, but sometimes um, if it's not handled properly, it could be somewhat attuned to like a trumpet player who's just playing a little too loud over everyone else, you know? It's like, calm down over there. You know, why don't, why aren't we playing as a group? And so yeah. oak, oak, in my opinion, which um, is not shared by everyone, but I think oak uh, definitely should be and can be part of the program, but not to take center stage because then we're getting away from the agricultural product that is the grape. Interesting. Jill Mott, sommelier, comes and talks to us every two weeks about wines and spirits. And uh, what are we going to talk to you next time? Uh, classes. Oh, up. that's right. You've got a bunch of classes coming up all over topic-wise. Can't wait to hear about those. Yep. All right. Jill will be back with us shortly here on Jazz 88. Always happy to have sommelier Jill Mott in the studio. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. And you are a teacher of classes. You have all kinds of things, uh, great things coming up, yes? Yeah. There. Um, so I was talking to friends a few days ago, and I said... You know, hey guys, the radio's coming up. Do you think I should talk about martinis or <laughs> classes? And a few friends were like, why are you going to talk about martinis? There's a lot going on in the world of martinis right now. But they were like, Jill, classes or you know, everybody wants to learn more about wine. People can give gifts of wine classes, which is a really cool idea. Um, mm. So I thought, all right, well, why, why not? So um, the shop that I work at, Henry and Son, and I collaborate on, we call it the square table series because we sit around a square table <laughs> and we basically, we top it at 11 people. So it's a small intimate group. Um, we do a class late January, late February, and then late March, you know, um, and it's really great. We just sit around with maps, books, and, and instead of me like talking at a group, we all just um, coalesce and speak together. First class in December, in uh, late January, excuse me, is going to, I'm calling it Beaujolais Thunder 2019. <laughs> um, everybody, I feel like in January, everybody's like detoxing and they're <laughs> fasting and all these things that I really don't believe in, but you know, <laughs> my livers and kidneys are working okay. Um, and so we're planning it in late January because of that. Beaujolais Thunder is, most people think of Beaujolais and they think of Beaujolais Nouveau. There are 10 sub-regions of Beaujolais called Cruz, and rarely even do sommeliers get the option and the opportunity to taste all 10 Cruz at once. Mm. So we're going to do that. Um, oh, wow. It's going to be super fun. And then we're going to have a couple other wines to create even more context. Um, and the, the class that's at the end of February is going to be, we're going to summon, um, we're going to be talking about winter warmers. Okay. So it's probably going to be whatever I think will get me and all of you through the next month and a half of cold weather. Uh, but that'll be really fun. And then uh, the last class that is right before spring break um, at the end of March is going to be uh, summoning spring. And we're going to do that via the grape Albariño, which is from hails from northwestern Spain. But it's a, a grape that's been quite industrialized in the last 10-ish years or so. And there's, a, there's some great producers we're going to taste through, artisanal producers. We're going to taste some of the new California movement um, that I mentioned previously. They're mm -hmm. albariños. And I might even bring a little something from the cellar. We'll see, to see Excellent. how albariño ages. Wonderful. Well, we're going to get all of this up online today. And Jill, when will you be back because of the holiday? Uh, 
likely uh, January, what, 2nd, okay. perhaps? Maybe okay. the week after. I got to figure that out. All right. But the classes, uh, you can sign up on Eventbrite. Excellent. And we'll get that stuff up online in case you're interested in what Jill talked about this morning or the classes she has coming up. Jill Mott, sommelier, thank you so much for being here this morning. Thanks for having me.